Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you are listening to Transformational Energy Leadership, coming to you from the heartland of America. Now, I encourage all of you over the commercial breaks to go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And I also welcome emails from all of you, so you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com, and you can also contact me on this Voice America platform under the Empowerment Channel, and you can get to me through social media that's on LinkedIn and Facebook. Okay, today we are going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that's all about amplifying your leadership through presence. Now, what does that really mean? We hear the term executive presence and presence kicked around quite a bit, but what does that actually look like? And I'm excited to have my guest, Andre Alfonso. He's going to shed some light on this based on his years in business as an executive and insights from his experience as an actor. And yes, folks, acting is a big part of executive presence, and we're going to dig into that a bit further as we go along in the show. So before we get started, here's a little bit more about my guest, Andre. He is the director of Aerial Group Australia, and his passion is to create better human workplaces. He's the founder of Forum India, a corporate leadership and sales training company he started up in India over 10 years ago, and he now leads his team remotely from his home base in Sydney, Australia. He is a co-author of a book called Strategic Connections, The New Face of Networking in a Collaborative World. It was released worldwide in 2015, and he appears in the book 50 Unsung Business Heroes, Volume 2, released most recently in March 2019. He's also an accredited neurobusiness coach gained through Neurobusiness Group at Harvard University. And here is a fun fact to know about Andre. A recent personal highlight for him was being one of 457 electric guitarists to set a new Guinness World Record of the world's largest electric guitar ensemble when they all played ACDC's Highway to Hell in August 2018. All right, so with all of that, Andre, I am so pleased to have you on Transformational Energy Leadership. Matthew, thank you very much. I am thrilled to be here. And you're talking about something that I, I just really, uh, it really resonates me when I'm talking with leaders and leadership and what does it mean to work in today's environment. Before we even get started there, my guests have probably already detected a bit of an Australian accent. And then there's your name, Andre Alfonso. So I'm just going to say, who are you? Tell us a bit more about you. <laughs> yeah, Andre Alfonso is quite an exotic name, isn't it? Uh, well, it's, you know, it's people fun. People <laughs> expect a Mediterranean or <clears throat> someone from Latin America. And when they see this guy who looks very Indian, they sort of scratch their heads. Well, actually... <laughs> The surname Alfonso is, is Italian, going back many, many generations. But I was born in Calcutta and grew up in Australia. And Andre is actually French, but there's nothing French about me except I had a very, uh, you know, a, a mum who wanted to try and make 
me more sophisticated, perhaps, than what I was. I think my dad probably wanted me to be Andrew, and she decided that, no, 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 let's make it Andre with the little accent above the E. And, you know, you, you don't realize how difficult that is to do in Word. I've actually got to type in cafe uh, to get the acute <laughs> accent over the E and then backspace it to get Andre. I've done that my whole life. Um, <laughs> but you know what? My dad must have thought that... Um, we were going to come and live in Australia one day because uh, here's another little known, little known fact about me, uh, my middle name. So he chose my middle name, and you're going to probably laugh when you hear it. Uh, it's Barry. Um, huh. And if you think about Barry, it's uh, particularly here in Australia, it is what we call a very ocker name. And ocker means stereotypical Australian, and it just doesn't go with Andre and Alfonso. <laughs> you know, there's, there's probably 1.3 billion Indians in the world, and I think I'm the only one who's got Barry in their name. Um, <laughs> uh, and in and my wedding, when, when we had a few guests, a lot of guests come over, and then I, I never ever told people about my middle name for many, many years. And when I had to do the vows, or when they did the ceremony, the sovereign says, you know, do you, Andre, Barry, Alfonso, people just fell about laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, That's it's me. Fun to... <laughs> I've grown up in Australia. Um, I see myself as, you know, a, a citizen of the world. And, um, but the accent is definitely Australian. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say you are the quintessential example of a citizen of the world. You know, when you and I were getting ready for the show, I did share with you my my passion for all things India, if you will. I have done a lot of work in the India culture. Of course, that's not where you are now and where you grew up. But there's a, certainly there's a, a connection there when we say, oh, I've been to India. And there's a, a way that you can connect with people. And, you know, just because the culture is very different from where I currently reside right here in the U.S. And so it's I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear some of your stories today and how maybe even working with different cultures, you've found this concept of presence how it plays out slightly differently as well. So that leads me to presence. What is presence and why is it so important? <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> presence is one of those things uh, people, uh, when I talk about it, people look at me with this look of curiosity. What are you talking about? Is it, you know, the way you dress, the suit you wear, the way you cut your hair, um, or the way you talk? Um, so we have a definition of it, and it's, I'm just going to share that with you right now, because this is our definition of Ariel, which I'll come to in a little while. Um, and we, we, we say presence is the ability to connect authentically with the hearts and minds of others in order to motivate and inspire them towards a desired outcome. Now, there's some really key words in that, which kind of I just want to explore on a little bit. The first one is it's an ability, and we know from all of the years we've been working on this that we can actually amplify presence on everybody, so it's a learned skill, so it's an ability. And the second part of it is to connect authentically, and that whole issue of authenticity is the cornerstone of everything we do. It all comes from within, so this ability to be you. So you want to connect authentically with the hearts and minds, and we live in the digital age where there is so much cognitive mind stuff going on that sometimes we forget about the analog, the heart stuff. So it's very much about connecting with the heart as well as the mind of others so that we can motivate and inspire them towards a desired outcome. 
But, you know, what we really mean by all of that is how you show up with confidence and credibility and authenticity and how you go beyond kind of standard ways of communicating with those, you know, who may report to you, you know, people you might lead, your coworkers, the stakeholders, and even friends and family. It's all about that, that, that self-belief and how you show up. And that's kind of how I define uh, presence. So the second part you ask there, Matthew, is why is it important? There's actually a lot, a lot of research going on right now about the skills of the future. Uh, yeah, there's probably too much for me to cover over here, but there's a few that, you know, from renowned organizations like Gartner and McKinsey and Oxford Economics that say that the skills of the future are, are really skills of social interaction. You know, analytical diagnostic skills will be taken over by artificial intelligence. Um, and there's also a number of authors who've written about this. Jeff Colvin, whose books, book Humans Are Underrated, now, he, he, he talks about that the, the new high-value skills are skills of empathy and storytelling, uh, building relationships and expressing ourselves. And those are, all of those sorts of things fall under the umbrella of presence, if you like. You know, mm. uh, the recent book by Thomas Friedman, Thank You for Being Late, he uses a really cool um, word. He calls it stempathy. You know, so stem meaning the science, technology, uh, and science, technology, engineering, and maths, but empathy put onto the end of it because this whole issue of the social skills is coming along. And here in Australia, there's a guy called Anders Solman Nilsson who's written a book called Digilog, which is about digital minds and analog hearts. And he says that the future is about combining both the digital and the analog. And he, he warns us that as we run towards the digital thing, don't forget about the analog thing. It's a really cute line. Because what digital gives us is speed and convenience and information. And what analog gives us is experience and emotion and inspiration. So we mustn't forget about that. So when we talk about, you know, why is it important? Well, there's a lot of research that's going in there. But apart from that, I guess all of us in business would probably know that some of the best business leaders we see have the certain something, this sort of gravitas or charisma, you like to call it, and people like you know, Sheryl Sandberg or Steve Jobs or Richard Branson or uh, you know, the Prime Minister of New Zealand who's been in the headlines recently, Jacinda Ardern. You know, there's something about them when, they, when they're in the room and in an audience. There's, this, there's a spotlight on them, uh, and they have this, this energy about them. But, you know, it's not just leaders, it's, you know, everyday folks. It could be, you know, the, the guy who delivered your pizza on, you know, last night, or it could be uh, you know, your daughter's piano teacher, or it could be, you know, an Uber driver. You know, there's something about them and the way they show up and that energy that they have. So, you know, we, we try and look at that, and, and, but we don't all want to be in the spotlight. We don't all want a light shining on top of us. But as a very minimum, I think all of us, uh, you know, would want to be acknowledged when we enter a room or join a group. Now, we want to be listened to when we speak, and we want our opinions treated with respect, and we want our very existence on this planet, you know, carry weight and substance. And that's where presence fits in. That's why it's important. It's important for us in terms of our future, in terms of the skills we're going to need, this whole, these skills of social interaction and engagement, um, but also in terms of just how we operate in this world. Mm. 
you've packed so much in there and I, I, I followed and agree with everything that you're talking about. And I had this, you know, we hear the, the, the terms art and science. In some ways, I feel like you're talking about there's an art and there's a science to presence. And it's everything that you were talking about, the digital as well as um, uh, the analog portion. I also like the phrase that you brought forth here, stempathy. That's going to stick with me now. <laughs> so uh, it makes a lot of sense. I, I completely subscribe to everything that you just talked about there because my guests or my, my listeners have heard me say before that we are emotional beings who just happen to think. And when I was hearing you talk about so much of this, yes, we've got this digital and things are fast and speedy. And I think, unfortunately, we're not necessarily who we normally are when we're interacting face-to-face or on the phone. That part gets lost in there. So I I hear what you're saying is that emotional piece. We have to regard that and treasure it and recognize it for what it is because we are human beings. We still need that personal touch. It's going to be more challenging, it sounds like, from what you were just saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think we we need to kind of make sure that we don't forget about the power of analog, you know, that emotional stuff that you talk about. Because I think what you said, we are emotional beings that think is, a, is something that's going to stick with me now because uh, that's a great way to say it. Yes, I, I I have to say I learned that from a mentor of mine, and he he he's so because a lot of the audiences that we my clients that I engage with are really in high power, very stressful roles, which I think you know a lot of people are in business, not even business, you know, community organizations, nonprofits, and so forth, and there's that that pressure to deliver and. We've got this thing called presence that we need to have there, and we can't forget that that piece of humanism. So it's so important. And there was um, well, I'll just leave it. I'll leave it there for now. But I, I, yeah, I think we both agree this is incredible, incredibly important. So I tell you what, time seems to fly awfully quick, Andre. We are already at a commercial break. So what we'll do is I'll cue you up because after the break, I'd like to hear about your personal journey to presence because you didn't just get here just because something happened. So that'll be great to hear your story. So for everyone out there who's listening, we're at that commercial break time right now. And I encourage you go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. Check out my coaching, my consulting, training opportunities. And we will see you right here back in two minutes. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. So today I'm talking with Andre Alfonso, the founder of Forum India, a corporate leadership and sales training company he started up in India 10 years ago. And he also started up the Aerial Group in Australia. He's also the co-author of Strategic Connections, the new face of networking in a collaborative world. And before the break, we were talking about presence. And I also queued Andre up for him to share with us his own journey to presence. So, Andre, there you go. Tell us about your journey to presence. Thanks, Matthew. Yeah, it's a very personal journey, actually, that started when I was seven years old, believe it or not. When I was seven, my parents packed me off to a boarding school from in the Himalayas, so we used to get a, get a train from Calcutta and went up to the Himalayas, and we were there for nine months of the year, and I never saw my mum and dad um, until you know Christmas time again. And at the age of seven... When you're by yourself, you need to claim your value in a boys' school, boarding school. And I had to find that if I didn't do that, if I didn't stand up, if I didn't have that sort of go and get them, I'd get get, uh, steamrolled. So that was my first inkling of this thing called presence, although at that age, I had no idea what, what it meant. Um, and then when I was 12, we came to Australia, and that was a completely different experience. So, you know, I showed up at uh, a really good school over here, and I think in the first day I realized I was the only brown, brown kid in, the, in a completely white school. And you can imagine how much fun that was. Uh, you know, teenage boys being teenage boys, you know, a couple of people decided that, you know, they'd, um, they didn't quite like me that much. And, you know, the bullies, as, as you call them, had a pretty big impact on my life. And, and you know, for many years, um, I had real issues of self-worth. Uh, and after school, um, I, you know, I managed to fall into a very successful corporate career. I ended up being in very senior uh, HR roles uh, in a Fortune 100 company. But, you know, the thing that dogged me all the way through that, even though I was really, really successful flying around the world, business class, five-star hotels, all that sort of stuff, I still had this imposter syndrome that kind of sat, you know, underneath all of that because I was Mm. kind of wearing a mask above that. 
so those issues of self-worth still dog me. So I became intrigued by people who demonstrated that self-belief and confidence. You know, those things I thought I lacked. You know, basically people who had presence. So I became an observer and a student, and I have been pretty much for all my life. But then two things happened, you know, that really accelerated that whole process. The first, the first thing that happened is that when I went to India uh, just over 10 years ago, one of the things I find myself doing uh, in my company over there was senior leaders kept asking me to come and be their coach because coaching was just starting to take off in India back then. And, uh, and, and I did a lot of coaching for CEOs, senior leaders, and interestingly enough, the thing that kept coming up time and time again was presence, even though they may not have called it presence. You know, it was all about, you know, how do I inspire my team? How do I influence the board? How do I, you know, uh, communicate in ways that I can captivate my audience? You know, all of mm. these things actually fall under the banner of presence. So I became um, a student of it. I had to go, and, you know, again and, and dig deep into the literature and the research because, you know, in coaching people, I had to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. And then something accelerated that. Five years ago, I almost died. I was going through a routine um, a procedure. I was actually having a stent put into into one of my arteries, and it all went horribly wrong, and I started to bleed internally, and I, and I actually went into um, a critical stage, and, you know, they got, um, they hit the code blue button, uh, trying to save my life, and I was totally conscious through all of this, and, you know, in, in those moments, I kind of realized to myself that, you know, I'm not done. When you make eye contact with death, you know, people, they say people have a near-death experience that changes their lives, and I think it changed my life. Uh, because in those moments, I kind of figured out that no, I'm not done yet, uh, and 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 the real and and I started off that journey of reinventing myself basically after that, um, and and the real learning for me was it's about connection, uh, it's connection with myself, you know, and taking notice of my guiding compass, my north, my south, my east, my west, you know, my values, my beliefs, my principles, my my morals. And not somebody else's compass, my own. You know, all my life I kind of followed somebody else's compass. Um, and it, it meant removing some of those masks that are sort of hidden behind for a long time. And the second thing was about connection with other people. Uh, and, and connecting with people like in a way I hadn't done before. Um, and you know, the, the, all that internal stuff that goes with presence um, uh, and external stuff that goes with presence and connecting with people. Uh, really struck me, and and it just lit me up. And I guess for the last, well, 10 years, I've just been uh, on this amazing journey. And that's my story, uh, Matthew, in terms of why this is so important to me. And now I run this company that that kind of sells uh, presence and, 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 and runs programs and workshops on presence. It's like, it's my destiny. I've meant to do this all my life kind of thing, you know? Absolutely. When you find what it is that you're supposed to be doing, it just proliferates in ways that you don't even can't even imagine. I'm I'm first of all grateful for your story. Thank you for that. It's quite personal. And when you talked about that little boy at the age of seven going to boarding school and realizing I need to stand out in some ways and figure that out. And as you went through your story, becoming an observer, and then that critical moment in your life where you looked, you know, had made eye contact with death, that that really brought clarity to you. And 
so and I'm sitting here thinking, boy, I don't want to have a near-death experience to have my clarity, right? And for all the listeners out there. So when you take what you just said to me, what would be, what's something that you recommend for uh, people who are perhaps struggling or are in a holding pattern or aren't quite sure what it is they need to be doing? Yeah, look, I think that whole issue of connecting with yourself is the starting point. Um, mm. And it took me a long time, and it's not easy to do. And I think it's not a process that you finish. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. It's a, um, but, you, you know, just understanding who you are and what you stand for in this world. You know, a lot of people you know, can't even articulate what their values are. They all have them, but unless you're conscious of them, it's pretty hard to kind of live your life and make decisions. So I would say that's like really the starting point. You know, you know mm-hmm. just, just understand what is important to you. You know, write it down, articulate it. What are the three most, four most, five most important things to me in my life? And I found doing that process, which I'd kind of done in the early part of my career, but revisiting that just started to put things into perspective in terms of what I say yes to and what I say no to. Mm. You know, one of the, and, and, and just to give you an example, one of the things that, you know, I, I've, I've learned is I don't like toxicity. I don't like toxic people. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's really tough because I have clients, I have friends who kind of suck the energy out of me. So, you know, I've had to consciously try and work on those sorts of things as well. Really difficult stuff to do. But if you get in touch with values, and you, you know, I'm a positive person, and, and cynicism, for example, just breaks, brings me down. So I just don't like hanging around cynics. Right? So, so yes. things like that, just, um, just by, by getting in touch with what it is, that's what I would say. It's a simple one thing I would do to, as a tip to anyone. Yes, I... I'm feeling like I've met someone that I know. You're talking my language. I, I'm the same way. Keep the negative stuff away from me. And and I would also say, and and I'm sure you would agree that that journey's hard. And but there's also there's also resources out there. Like get a coach, for example, who can ask you the difficult questions so that you do have to dig within. And I, I and I know that you're a coach and I'm a coach. So <laughs> I would say you probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I tell you and what. You know, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh, oh go, well, I was just going to move shift to another question. So go ahead and finish that up. No, no, just go move move ahead, Matthew. All right. So you know, I am really intrigued by what you do with Ariel. So tell me more about this. What is it that you do, and why would you consider it the gold standard when it does come to presence? <laughs> yes. Well, I. I that's a great question. Well, the story of Ariel <laughs> was that it was started by two actors in 1993, uh, Kathy Luba and Bell Halpin in Boston. And they came to the decision that there was something in bringing the skills taught in acting school to the corporate world. They figured that there's got to be some value in doing that. Because if you think about it, actors are arguably the best communicators. They can make you laugh, they can make you cry, they can make you smile, they can make you grimace, Right. Mm-hmm. So they decided to do that, and they actually started off by looking at communication skills uh, in the first year or so that they were together. And, and they started their personal collaboration with each other, with a, with each other was a start of a, a kind of journey. And then they brought in and enlisted a bunch of other thought leaders who were involved in theater-based corporate training. And along the way, probably in the first few years, they, they, they discovered 
that what they were actually teaching people was a lot more than just communication skills. You know, more than one's ability to listen, more than one's ability to do knockout presentations. You know, something else was going on, something, you know, a lot richer. You know, it was about, I guess, making profound, authentic connection between people. When, when, that's what we were trying to, to get to people. Uh, and for that to happen, people had to work on the inner stuff that comes from within, um, and you know, it's, as I said before, it all starts with that inner state, which reflects your internal behaviors. When we talk about inner state, I'm talking about things like you know, being 100% present in the moment, you know, being vulnerable, giving yourself permission to be vulnerable and authentic, you know, removing those masks that you wear. And, and the external stuff is what we usually think about when we talk about presence, which is you know, how you connect with other people, how do you express yourself with you know, 110 volts um, and all the power you have, how do you tell amazing stories. You know, those are some of the more conventional ideas of presence. But what we found is it was a lot to do with that inner state. So Errol's been working on this for 25 years. It's, it, it's been their singular focus. Uh, and my dad used to say to me, if you, know, if you want to learn something, go see a craftsperson, not a generalist. You know? A craftsperson mm-hmm. is someone who has dedicated their life to just one thing. And the thing I love about Ariel is that it's a business equivalent to a craftsperson. Um, you know, that's what we've done, and I am so thrilled to be, you know, to have found this organization and now leading it in Australia. Uh, you know, in, in almost 40 years of being in the corporate training game, you know, I can constantly put my hand on my heart and say, it is damn good stuff. You know, <laughs> the transformation, people come into programs and the transformation that happens in just one day and two days uh, just continues to blow my mind. Uh, we just never, never get a miss on that. And that's what I love about it. I think it is the best. And there's a, there's a methodology and a design that we use, uh, and the people who deliver it are all actors. So they're using the whole theater, the actor factor, if you like, to, 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 to get that teaching happening. So that's why, you know, I, that's what Ariel is, and that's why I think it's just an amazing company to do some amazing work. It sounds like, and the differentiator, I, I really... Really like how you put the spotlight, to use your term, in terms of getting into the inner state. And that's, I, I, I want to explore that a little bit more with you. So we're, we're at a commercial break. So when we come back, let's, let's talk more about how can we get some of that stuff and talk about some of those components. So for everyone out there listening, we're coming up on a break right now. When we return, we'll continue this conversation about the absolute importance that, pre, that presence has for every leader out there. And we'll be right back here on the other side of this two-minute break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Pauline Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back. Today, I'm talking with Andre Alfonso, the founder of Forum India, a corporate leadership and sales training company. And he's also started up what's called Aerial Group in Australia. He's also the co-author of Strategic Connections, the new face of networking in a collaborative world. And before the break, we were talking about the work that he does through Aerial and the importance of truly being present. That was one component, and there's more. So, Andre... Let's unbundle this or unpack this even more and talk about what are some key things? How can, how can I, let me put it this way, how can I get some of this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I love about what we do is it's really practical, right? It's not, uh, it's not concept, mindset. It's actually stuff that we can do. So let me try and deconstruct presence because this is what we've done with Ariel over the last 25 years. So we have what we call, which is the cornerstone of everything we do, called our PRES model, P-R-E-S. And that's an acronym for the four components of presence. So we deconstruct presence for you. So the first one is being present. That's the P, even though it's with B. It's being present. That's being 100% present in the moment. Because we know we are at our very best when we are 100% present. So we define being present as that ability to be completely completely in the moment, you know, undistracted by anything, past or future, and being sharp as a razor and flexible enough to handle the unexpected. So in a world, if you think about it, Matthew, you know, we live in a world of distraction right now. You know, we check our devices every six and a half minutes. Someone actually went through the the pain (laughs) of trying to calculate that. You know, and, and if you think, just to take away the external distractions, a lot of the work on neuroscience right now, we have these amazing internal distractions. You know, our brain has 2,000 daydreams a day. And, and more I than 50% <laughs> of our waking time, our brain is wandering. And they've even measured now that we only give, on average, about one-third of our attention to others. 
Mm-hmm. So to, this ability to be 100% present is uncommon. It's a differentiator. You know, if you think about the classic uh, example of this, it's Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton's superpower, if you like, is his ability when he meets someone is it's as if there is nobody else in the room, in a crowded room, because he looks you in the eye and he pays attention to you. Right? And people talk about their experiences of meeting Bill Clinton, is that of being really, really special. He really, really moves you. And I, and I love that saying by um, Maya Angelou, who says, you know, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People for, will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah? So yes. we talk about, you know, we show people how to be present, and it's really simple stuff. It's, first of all, it's intention. It's, it's knowing that I want to be present in the room with you, and I want to pay attention to what's happening. But the way we deal with that is through breathing, and, and just your breath, just thinking about how you breathe, because when we breathe, we actually ground ourselves in that situation. So that's the first part, which is the, you know, being present in the moment. The second part of our deconstructed model of presence is what we call reaching out, so R for reaching out. And we talk about that as the ability, again, it's an ability to build relationships with others through empathy, listening, and authentic connection. And the, and, and the thing I want to emphasize here is for leaders is actually reaching out. You know, people often say, I've got an open-door policy. It's not enough. You know, people are reluctant to approach people in authority. You know, connections right. won't get made unless a leader reaches out and connects with people on their terms. You know, empathy is the, is the, is the hallmark of, of, of being able to reach out. And, you know, empathy is now, you can actually look at empathy under, you know, functional MRI and see the parts of the brain, uh, you know, that light up. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's, to, to help your listeners, there's a, there's, a, there's a really powerful metaphor that I use to talk about this, about paying attention to someone. And it's based on the Chinese, the traditional Chinese symbol of listening. And it's pronounced ting. And it has five, the symbol has five elements. It means when you listen to someone, you have to listen with your ears. Of course, makes sense. Mm-hmm. The second part, the second part of the symbol, is that you've got to give the other person undivided attention. What, what I just talked about by being 100% present. Right. The third element is that we listen with our heart. So we are trying to sense what the other person is feeling. True empathy, right? Yes. The fourth bit is that we listen with our eyes. We take in a lot of information with our eyes. And we're actually pretty good at it, but we just don't do it very often. We're so distracted. And the fifth element is, is fifth element of the symbol is that we treat the other person with royalty. And I think that's a really powerful way to, to try and, 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 and bring this issue of reaching out to people and paying attention and in the moment of really, really listening to them. So that's mm-hmm. the second part of... Uh, Prez model. So the third part, which is the E, stands for expressiveness. And this is about the ability to kind of express your feelings and emotions appropriately, uh, you know, by all the available means you have in front of you. You know, your words, not just your words, but also your voice, your face, your body. 
so that you can deliver one congruent message. You know, um, in the early years of Ariel, there was a senior leader that attended one of our workshops, and he was a bit of a skeptic when he came in. But he made a quote, which has kind of been part of our uh, DNA, and he said, I thought that expressing myself fully was an act of self-indulgence. I've learned that expressing myself is an act of generosity. Mm. And I still use that quote today, actually, because one of the things that a lot of people fear uh, is overexpression of being inauthentic. You know, sometimes it can make you feel vulnerable. But we know that you can dial up your expression on a scale of 1 to 10, and you can dial it down, and you can dial it up. And the whole idea of expressiveness is how do you, first of all, overcome that fear of overexpression? And the second part is how do you then start using your voice and body congruently? Because when you're incongruent with what you say, your credibility drops dramatically. I agree with that. The third part of expressiveness is tell great stories. You've got to be able to tell great stories, right? So that's, that's the E for expressiveness. And the last part of our, of our deconstructed model of, of presence is S, which stands for self-knowing, which is, which is the most important part, I believe, which is the ability to accept yourself, to be authentic. You know, to re- what we were talking about before, to reflect your values in your, in your decisions and your actions. Uh, I love a quote I saw recently by Will Ferrell, the actor, who said, you know, yeah. Before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet speed to see who they really are. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, yeah, my wife turns into an animal when she uh, has slow internet speed. Anyway, um, so that's what we mean by self-knowing. We talk about this whole issue of authenticity of you know accepting yourself, being open to growth, having this growth mindset you know, connecting with your values and, and, you know, connect authentically with the work you do. You know, they say people work for three things. They work for money, a leader, and a cause. Mm -hmm. Now, a good leader motivates more than money and a cause motivates more than a good leader. So, you know, find your cause, so to speak. So that's pretty much the, 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 in a very quick way, our deconstructed model of presence. You know, so being present in the moment, that's the P. Reaching out is the R. Expressiveness is the E. And self-knowing is the S. So PRES, it's a cute acronym. Yes. I, I really like that. I like it a lot. I, and, you know, the, when you started, when you talked about being present, I'll tell you, when I, when I, I've always been a facilitator, consultant, and so forth, and thought I was a good listener. And when I went to my coaching certification, and you really stop and listen and give that person the full attention. First of all, you're esteeming them. They feel valued. They feel like you're really connecting. What it also allowed me to do was ask better questions, to be better in that moment together. Uh, so that really makes sense to me. And I like how you're talking about, you know, listen with your heart. And I've had a lot of guests come on talking about heart and, you know, head and heart and that whole thing. But the part that you brought up too about, when things are incongruent, we can pick it up. Our subconscious yeah. is quick to say, "I don't know what I don't know about that, Andre." There's something that just didn't resonate with me, and it's those little 
little things. Our, our minds are so quick when it comes to that. And we can tell when someone's real or not. So I, I, I really like what you just shared there. I want to end yeah, this Matthew, segment. They're just yes. finding out right now with all of the work that, you know, our brains are counting the blink rate, right? Oh, and, yes. and, and yeah. they're registering the tiniest head movements unconsciously. That's all that congruence. If you're not real and you're trying to fake it, you're going to get caught out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, it, it's so true. We are really good at sniffing out things that might potentially be danger. You know, and that's the whole thing about our mind thinking fast and slow and, and all that good stuff. We very much, you know, before we go to break, I want to address one thing. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about energy on this show. And you had mentioned it earlier that energy, you, you can feel it. So when someone's in a room, and I describe it in two different ways, anabolic, which is that positive, growth-oriented, really really feel good energy. And then there's also the catabolic, which can be destructive or negative. And to a certain extent, all of us have different amounts of each because we need them depending on the situation. And as we think about when you talk about energy, how does this really fit into presence? Mm. That's a great question. I love, and then one of the biggest learnings I've come in the last 10 years is all around the idea of energy. And it's, it's actually interesting, Matthew, this, this balance between anabolic and catabolic energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I read recently that it said an average person lives in a catabolic state for 75 to 90% of the time, which, <laughs> okay. is, which is possibly not great. But, um, but I agree, you do need both. So, look, a number of ways to answer that question. So our belief here in Ariel is that leaders are responsible for the energy level, you know, the authentic excitement in the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said to you before, you know, that, that anabolic energy. So in my executive coaching work, when I share this with people, you know, they push their chairs back and look at me strangely and say, that's not in my job description. You know, I recently <laughs> worked with a senior leader and he asked me to critique a video of him making a presentation to industry leaders and the number one thing missing was authentic excitement. You know, his audience were wasted by the end of it. And this guy is very articulate. He's very good. But there was just no energy in what he was saying. And there was incongruence between what he was saying and what we were saying. You know, and every interaction with the leader has, you know, has with this, his or her people. Uh, you know, you either make a, you know, increased energy or you decrease it. Um, so, you know, so that's a big thing. But, you know, we also know that the biggest inhibitor for us being like 100% present in the room is fear. Uh, and, you know, fear is important. It gets you out of danger. But sometimes, sometimes your lizard brain takes over. You know, the catabolic energy, our inner critic, that voice of self-judgment you hear inside your head. Mm-hmm. So we often also talk about how do you manage your inner critic. You can't necessarily get rid of it, but you can manage it. You know, yes. so, and, and, and you don't let your brain get hijacked. So you have to stop the pattern. So, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, again, very simple things we do is we talk about being in your body. You know, if, if you're in that state of fight, flight, or freeze, uh, which is you know, that fear-driven response, you know, it's very hard to stop and pause. And that's what we teach people to do, how to stop and pause and just be in their body. Start from, 
you know, from their head and just do a scan all the way down to their toes. Feel their feet in their shoes. Feel grounded to the floor. And the second thing you say is breathe. And it's diaphragmatic breathing, right? The really simple stuff. Um, you know, how do you... You take a deep breath into uh, your diaphragm and then exhale a long, elongated breath. Um, and, and it's interesting. Participants often say... Uh, you know, that the breathing skills is one of the biggest takeaways. Um, so, so this whole issue of managing our anabolic and catabolic energy is really central to presence, as particularly for leaders. You know, what is it that, how are you showing up with your team? You know, are you, um, you know, and, and sometimes you might need uh, to, to get the, you know, the catabolic energy happening if you're in crisis. But too often, if leaders themselves are in a catabolic state from 25 to 90% of the time, what impact is that having on their teams, right? How Absolutely. can they manage it? How can they be more cognizant of what's going on? So, so that's how it sort of fits in. Matthew, does that kind of answer yes. the question? You get, yes, you got right to it, and you, say, you said all the things I believe, and it, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of our conversation, and that is it comes to, it, it's all about your breath and the oxygen we fill our bodies with, and, and to stop, be in the moment, and do that full body scan. You're absolutely right. I subscribe to that very much so. Okay, Andre, I have to be honest with you. We're, we skipped the, the break because the conversation was going so well, but I've only got about three minutes left or so. And so what I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, thinking and reflecting for all the listeners out there, everything that Andre has shared with us since the beginning of our conversation. Andre, do you have a story, just a quick story you can share that brings all of this together for us? Yeah, um, it, it's... There's a few. I'll just share one, a really quick one, if I can. Uh, it's, just, it's my favorite story, actually, and it's not a personal one, but it's one that's happened. Most people would know about it. It's the band U2. Now, you remember the band U2? Um, yes. You know, from Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, got together as young kids, and they all went through really traumatic experiences, really bonding moments. You know, Bono lost his mom, and, uh, you know, Edge had issues. And the person who had the biggest issue was Adam Clayton, the bass player. Uh, he got caught up in drugs and, and all sorts of things and, you know, into a very dark hole. So it was a band that banded together and brought them out. So fast forward, you know, that, that was 1976 they formed. Fast forward 11 years or something like that, 1987, they were playing um, a big open-air concert, concert in Tempe, Arizona. And they had their big number one song at that time was a song called Pride, which was about Martin Luther King, which is, you know, one man comes in the name of love, one man comes in very, mm-hmm. I can't sing very well, but I think you might know the song. Right. And what happened you. is they got a death, they got a death threat um, that said that if you play that song, uh, you know, we have a sniper that's going to take out Bono, so don't, don't do it. So they went to the FBI, the FBI said, look, we can't give you security uh, that quickly, you know, we would suggest to you, you sort of cancel that concert. So what they did then after that represents the four elements of present I'm talking about. You know, being present in the moment, reaching out, um, expressing themselves more than words, and self-knowing. So this is what happened. They met, they decided that they were going to go on because they owed it to all their fans to play that song, and they were going to close the set with that song. So Bono talks about this, right? And he said, I come to the last song, and I go to sing it. And I decide I am scared, I'm petrified that 
I'm not going to get to the end of it. And he decides to sing the song with his eyes shut. And he sings that song. And he comes to that, you know, three quarters of the way through that song, there's that verse that says, early morning, April 4th, shots ring out across the Memphis sky. Free at last, they can take your life, but they can't take your pride. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. And he opens his eyes only to realize that Adam Clayton, the bass player, had stood in front of him for the entire song with his big bass shielding him from the bullet. Uh, wow. You know, and if you, if, you, if you put all of that together, it's about being present in the moment. It's about reaching out with empathy. It's about expressing yourself more than words. And it's about self-knowing and being authentic to who you are. So that's my story. It's a terrific story. Yeah, it's a terrific story, and it's one that will resonate with my listeners all around the world. YouTube band is obviously known. I've never heard that before, and it really does. Wow, it brings it together. Andre, I I wish we had another hour to talk because it sounds like you have so much more in you that you could share with all of us that we could benefit from. I just want to say thank you for making your time to, to be with us today. Well, Matthew, it's a pleasure, and thank you so much for asking me from this side of the world to to be part of your show. I am delighted, and I hope you'll, you and your listeners get some value out of it. Absolutely. Hey, one quick question before we go. I'm always curious what guests are working on. What are they reading? What are, what are you doing right now to keep making yourself smarter? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm just looking at it right now. There's a book which I'm reading right now called The Art of Quiet Influence, which will be right up your alley, Matthew. It's written by a, a colleague of mine forum called Jocelyn Davis. And it's about... And she, what she's done is she spent a few years extracting the wisdom um, and the, of, of the essence of leadership from about 12 sages caught up in Eastern philosophy, you know, from the Mahabharata, which was written in 900 BC, oh, to Confucius' yes. work, to Rumi, to, uh, you know, Zen masters, to Gandhi. And what she's done is taken these classics and tried to look at the essence of influence and leadership. So it's called The Art of Quiet Influence. Good read. Fantastic. That's You're right. right it's right up my alley. That's awesome. Okay, thank you, Andre. And for all the listeners out there, if you have a topic you want covered, you someone that I should bring on the show to add some enlightenment to this whole world of transformational energy leadership, please let me know. Log on to my website. You can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Go through Facebook or, or, or LinkedIn. So until next time, harness your positive energy and lead that transformation. And we'll talk with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.